0: Welcome, everyone, to Ship It and Sip It. I hope you're having a lovely Friday. This week, I am joined by Margot.
1: Hello there.
0: From our business development team, Margot is a startup scout for Parallact. What is a startup scout?
1: Uh, well, basically, I'm looking for the brightest ideas among the startup world, the brightest people with the brightest minds that have some kind of Vision of a new product that will change the world completely and I'm just like trying to pick them up and bring to Parallact to help them
0: Awesome, Uh, so this has been a great week at Parallact It is the end of the second week of the discovery phase for the two startups that are in our accelerator program So right now the BA teams and the designers are working with Nudge is the first startup uh, and her their founder Julie Uh, She's from France Uh, They're working on clarifying and discovering all the potential for her MVP. And the second product, Visa, is from the UK, and is founded by a lawyer named Mohammed. And they're also doing the same thing, going through the business discovery process, which I talked a lot with our head of design last time on the show. You can go watch that. It's a cool episode. But today... We're going to actually take a step backward and talk more about our process for discovering clients and startups and founders around the world that we want to bring into Parallax partnership and build something great with them. I really wanna talk more about relationships with you than technology because businesses uh, and the success of startups and other businesses really rests on relationships, I think. And that's not to say that all relationships are transactional, it's just that um, startups really win or fail based on how they connect with their audience, how they build a long-term relationship with them. So how do we, as, as and you guys at the BizDev team, uh, find and foster new relationships with founders?
1: That's a really great topic to raise, because like, we are specializing in fighting the people, not like the technology or even the bright idea, but like we are building this long term relationships and in Parallax we've had like projects that are lasting for more than six years and some some of them for nine years as you know. That's a part of my job and that's actually what I'm looking for. And the way we do it is actually quite boring because like, it's a continuous process of just sorting out different people, different projects, different companies. Mm. And we do it on different platforms. So the, the process is a bit complex and it, it's like multi-channel. Mm. So I'm not going to like cover all of the details because no. they're boring, actually. Uh, but um, yeah, the way we do it is actually like, trying to find the connection with the people. Mm. And that's a very important point because like... Um, when you start communicating with a person, you already know if you're going to have a partnership with them or not because like, of the initial like, gut feeling. All right. Um, and it mostly is true. Um, and that's mostly true for our clients as well. So that's very important for them as well to have a fruitful conversation with us mm. to build this ground for our future relationship. Interesting. What are some of the factors
0: that you look at where you have a conversation with a lead and you say, okay, this idea will probably be profitable but it's just not a fit for Parallect. What, mm. what are some of those things that make you would make you say no?
1: The first thing that I'm personally looking for is actually the passion. Mm. Like if you have an idea and you're just, you've just calculated that it's gonna be profitable then it's probably not the match for us because we are looking to make a change, like to change something in the world and the way people are living their lives. So it's very important for us to have this feeling that a person really believes in the product and that he's really willing to work in it like full time. So if you're having, for example, two or three part jobs and started to work in another startup, that's not a fit for us at all. Um, we're looking for people who are passionate about the startup world, but who know about the trends, who know about the market fit, who know how time to market is important, mm-hmm. and most probably, most likely, that's going to be a serious entrepreneur mm-hmm. who has like two or three um, side projects, who's not working on them particularly, but has experience with them, and is now working to looking to build uh, something more. Complex, more big, more impactful.
0: Alright, cool. What are some of the most common questions you get from founders that you talk to when they first uh, first impressions of Paralelect? They look at the site or they respond to an outreach from you guys and they get on a call. What do they want to know about Parallect?
1: They ask us what experience do you have? Because most likely they will go on the website and like look wow, the design is so great, those people probably are professionals. But like, what do you guys do? I don't really understand. You build digital products, what does that exactly mean? Right. Then they mostly, most most likely would ask about the team. Like, how do we treat people? What people do we have in Perlet? Like, mm-hmm. are there any minority groups? If they're, for example, clients from the USA. Um, so that's very important, important for them. Um, and they would also ask like, our expertise in technology, but that's probably for the third or fourth call with them.
0: Yeah. And speaking of diversity in terms of um, founders and also on our side, um, we have a history of working with clients from partners and clients from around the world. And the new uh, accelerator startups are examples of that. we don't tend to just go for Stanford grads who live in California and Silicon Valley and uh, raise money the easy way. Um, how do we keep that track record? And what do you guys sort of try and do to make sure that we are looking for and seeking out um, diverse founders?
1: Um, that mostly happened by chance, actually. Oh, yeah. We're Not like actually tracked so that we could have like 80% of, I don't know, 50-50% of women and men founders. That would happen according to statistics. Like, in the company, we have 80% of the USA projects and 20% of the other countries' projects. So that's not very equal, though we are trying to have projects from different spheres, that's true. We're trying to widen our expertise in different spheres. And for example, when we've opened the ML AI sphere, like mm-hmm. Expertise, I remember that one of our colleagues, Vova, he was actually lead, lead generation, lead generating startups who were looking for people with this expertise. Even though we do not have expertise, we didn't have expertise in this field. Uh-huh. And the same with the low code. Like yeah. we've seen this topic emerging, we wanted to help on it. We wanted to learn something new, and we've just trying to search for projects with, with this demand. So yeah, I would say we are more of a we are a startup, actually. So no. If, um, yes,
0: <laughs> we no. are.
1: So, yeah, we are thinking as a startup. Because, like, right. if we see the idea that we like, we don't need this tons of document to prove that it's a great idea, that we get profit from that. You just see the idea that you like, just see, you just find people that like that idea, that will support you, and you just do it. That's, that's what I mean by being a startup.
0: Fair. I agree.
1: Yay. Proved.
0: Let's move from diversity amongst our clientele and our partners to diversity among our colleagues and our teammates. mates, uh, because I know that you're passionate about this topic. Um, you've written uh, several different blog posts on LinkedIn about healthy communication, about support of Pride Month, which is this month. Happy Pride Month, Happy everybody. Happy Pride Month. So why is this such a passionate thing uh, for you, and and where did this passion come from, and why do you think it's important to have it within uh, Parallax team culture?
1: I grew in Belarus, uh, but I've had experience of like talking, no, know traveling with like people of, with from other countries, and I know how it is important to have a wide expertise, a wide like a wide view on different topics, so. Just been like growing understanding that the more people, the more uh, backgrounds you have thinking about one topic, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: the more like wider you cover it, the more um, precise answers you would get. So, and for companies, it works the same. Like, if you have only you know, male 30 year old. Colleagues, white guys with white guys yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> then you're gonna have only a view from that group of people. Yeah. But if you have, for example, people of different, 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 different backgrounds, and that can come from like people from different universities, from different countries, that will give you a different understanding of the problem and a different solution. More complex, more mm. detailed, more like more bright.
0: But from the outside looking in, it. it Strikes me that it would be hard kind of to sell Parallact as a diverse group of people from appearances alone. Definitely, uh, we have great female leaders within the company. Uh, We have, I don't know what the gender split is. It's almost 50-50, right? It's like 60-45 or something like that. So that's cool. That's awesome. And I love working with all of the people I get to work with, no matter what gender they are. But we we look relatively homogeneous. That's true. Um, and it's hard not to. I mean Belarus is a predominantly white country.
1: Yeah, that's true. But like we don't have to prove like exactly that we are um, that we are accepting different people if we we're truly really accepting different people. If we like, for example, gonna have a talk with a client who's a representative of a different group than we are. And he'll notice that we have uh, like, the same attitude to him as we have the same attitude to our colleagues. So he will definitely understand that we are inclusive, we are diverse, and we have this mindset for accepting people of different categories. And that's what's cool about us. That is cool about us. And we don't need like, a representative of every group to understand that we are accepting those groups. Yeah, I agree.
0: Good. I understand now. Aside from diversity, let's let's take a brief diversion into Pride Month, since you did write such a great post about it. I think it's great to see companies uh, supporting this movement, whether or not they authentically support it within the workplace is an open question. We can't answer that for everyone. But at least if they say that they do and they put a policy of inclusion in place in terms of hiring and workplace standards of communication and uh, treating each other, then people that work there at least have that to hold on to and say, look, if this isn't happening, why are you saying that? So in Parallax, we are moving towards that. Um, tell us a little bit about that and what, is, what are you working on in, in that arena?
1: So, as you could have mentioned, you did it yourself, we've changed the logo to the rainbow. We have, Yeah. Right. And that's actually, for Balleries, that's a very brave, to All take right. because like I, I haven't have, seen any, have any company. The tech companies yeah, done this? I'm not really sure because like I haven't seen one. Though if I'm wrong, prove me wrong. I want to see them.
0: Send us, um, send us proof. Yeah, yeah, that would be proof. great.
1: <laughs> and we have a double rainbow because like our banner LinkedIn <laughs> is like a rainbow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've also like started publishing articles and different topics related to Pride Month. Like we're having a project. Uh, I believe next week is going to be for like, representing the diversity of opinions on the topic, like what do people think in parallel about this topic, about LGBTQI plus representatives, are they allies, how do they treat these people, and just like to gather feedback from different people from different categories.
0: Let's stay with the ally topic for a moment, like, okay, I'm not part of this community, but I want to be considered an ally. Is there, is there a badge, <laughs> is there like a checklist I need to like how can I how can I be an ally for this community?
1: You should just understand that there are different people from different groups from different categories they can identify themselves differently and that's mostly just don't act like a,
0: just don't be a jerk
1: d- yeah oh, just you know like tell people offensive jokes if you are not sure that the people will like them. Don't use like, right. and expressions that might probably hurt people in that seat.
0: Yeah. In terms of offensive jokes though, I mean, the internet and I don't want to say throw any groups under the bus, but the internet and people that spend a lot of time on the internet and working on the internet Often share memes and jokes that are creative, um, and could definitely be seen as offensive by yes. people in this community. What's is there a solution to this? Um,
1: well, what do you um, think? It's actually questionable because, like, some people are thinking that those people should be banned for offending some groups of people. I do not actually support this opinion because, like, the. Freedom of speech right. is like my ideal. Uh, so if you don't like the joke, you can just like don't you know uh, avoid it. Don't know yeah. skip the profile and just keep listening. Keeps keep just calling because like you'll most likely have people that you like in your feed. So you you can just ignore them. Mm-hmm. Don't give them any attention, and that's probably gonna be the answer. All
0: right. Yeah. Because I mean. Uh attention
1: is what the people are striving right. for.
0: I like to make jokes about boring American culture, but I'm still a relatively boring American. All right, you mentioned that you uh, had experience working with NGOs. Can you give us some examples and um, when did you start doing that? Why is it a passion of yours?
1: Yeah, uh, I'll start maybe from a little bit of my Bio. Uh, so I've started volunteering when I was 16 um, and I've like started doing some exchange programs with the US with like different European countries and I've started the European Youth Parliament which uh-huh. has completely changed my life because like it's it's such an immersion experience of meeting people from different countries and getting their perspective and like learning that People are so different, and people are so amazing, Indeed. and I love
0: people. Did you go to the U.S. on an exchange program? Yeah, oh,
1: yeah. There which was one? like a youth leadership program.
0: Hmm. How long was it?
1: Uh, it was for a month. Oh, okay. And we started to do like some um, entrepreneurship programs, but it wasn't really successful. We just had one, so no. Mate.
0: When you were sixteen.
1: Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. because my my wife actually went. For a whole year, when she was fifteen, on one of the one of the programs, she landed in California. It's a long story. We'll, we'll, I'll tell you all about it after we stop.
1: Uh, so, and then, like now, I'm still volunteering for NGOs, and like actually, I'm a. i am not want to be too proud. I'm a chairperson of a national youth council of Belarus, which is called Rada. So, Rada. Yeah, Rada. Rada, like
0: Rada, Rada, Rada. yeah. Okay, like, but
1: Rada, Rada is like it's a, like Ukrainian yeah,
0: Rada,
1: yeah. So it's actually has the same meaning, like the unity of different organizations right. representing different categories of people. Hmm. So yeah, I'm working with twenty eight organizations from like environmental perspective, LGBTQI perspective, uh, youth, students, whatever.
0: Cool, and. I don't know, what, what are some of the initiatives that they support? Can you give us just a couple examples yeah. that you really like or something? Like
1: um, that? There is an initiative that I, like, support with all my heart. Uh, it's working with HIV people, mm. which is also highly discriminated in Belarus and nobody really understands what the disease is. Uh, so, and with trans people, mm. which is also a really rare topic for Belarusians mm. and, like, those people are highly, highly discriminated, and uh, they are providing, like, shelters for them, the location to have some rest, to have some psychological treatment, mm-hmm. because they really need it here, and they're being highly abandoned by the society. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's my, my, my love. Cool.
0: All right. Um, that, well, those all sound really interesting, and I'm glad that there are smart people like you (laughs) taking up these initiatives in Belarus because it's important. It's important to keep the society evolving, the culture improving. Uh, I feel like Belarus has so much potential. That's true. um, And we won't dive into why it's only potential at this point, Um, but it, it does and it's a beautiful place and the people and the culture are for the most part lovely and understanding. Let's jump back a little bit into work yeah. Uh, who is the last uh, potential partner that you talked to?
1: Uh, a guy named Mohamed. Um, he is a guy from LinkedIn. We have no, like, contract negotiation now, so we can talk about it. Uh, he is very passionate about his project, so that's why it was, like, a match from the first sight. Um, and the thing I really like about him is that he is open to, like, having... Um, personal conversation, like sharing some insight from work, like sharing the office pictures, and know, some new, uh, Haircuts. New, new haircut. Yeah, he was really supportive. That's, that's the, the thing I like about him. Um, so yeah, that was the last one.
0: Within Parallact, you're also working on, how would you name uh, it?
1: Diversity policy.
0: A diversity policy, yeah. um, and that'll be a document or a set of documents that outlines our policy around
1: diversity and inclusion. Diversity and inclusion. Okay.
0: <laughs> diversity and inclusion. Uh, what are the main points of that? What's the goal?
1: Um, so yeah, the, the goal is actually like as we are growing rapidly, as we are emerging and like uh, we have plans to grow into a big company with a lot of employees. Mm-hmm. It's really important to set like a foundation of the vision that we follow, of like the environment that we're trying to create, and we're striving for this like safe, comfortable environment for all the employees. Mm. And this document will be like um, just a document version of the vision that we follow, so that other employees that are coming can just read it. Uh, and either accept it or not. But if they're not accepting it, and they believe that they can easily like punch people in the faces when they're in the office or like offend them, then they're probably not a match for our company because like we are striving for a more of a friendly relationship in the office, where nobody offends others, where nobody um, will think of like you know some kind of harassment assault or something like that. And we do not welcome them and we don't want that to happen. Right. So yeah, just to state that we have we will have this document just to like apl- 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 apply to it. know. A-
0: to agree to. To agree to, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean that's important. I I feel like um, companies that are going through growth, they kind of especially here with a young um, knowledge worker employment base. Uh, that Parallact has, like we are getting people out of university, they're generally well-behaved, they're generally well-trained by their parents, Um, they come come from uh, all sorts of backgrounds, but um, they're generally decent people. So you can sort of skate by on the interview process and say, okay, this person is, uh, as you say in Russian, adequate, or this person is not adequate, so we don't want him or her in our company. Um, but eventually, it's good to have these things in writing so that yeah. if some negative uh, uh, situations arise, then you have something to fall back on. You have a, a full policy to say, hey, look, that's wrong. This is what's going to happen now, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Also, a thing that I like to, add, to like mention uh, is that we're working on a forum, like anonymous forum that... Any of the employees can fill in if something happens at workplace that they're not comfortable with. If they were offended, but they're not comfortable with sharing this conflict with the person who offended them because, like, of some emotional discomfort or right on the yeah. team,
0: it could be it could be your own PM. Mm-hmm. And who are you going to go to at that yeah. point? Yeah, so. so
1: that you could just fill a form and it will be sent to a, like a certain person who will like check these cases and make sure that everyone feels comfortable and that no one was offended, no one was assaulted, that there were no cases of harassment, for example.
0: Right. Is this something that clients are interested in understanding that we have?
1: Uh, I'm not sure about that because like it's more of a like company culture right. that we're trying to build and that we're trying to state. Uh, but for our clients that would be yeah, we're not thinking about the clients at that point. We're just thinking about the employees.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I mean, from my perspective, the, the clients, that especially ones that are far away, they don't get to see us very often. They, they meet with their teams remotely via Zoom, via whatever, um, fairly often. But uh, our job or part of our job is to basically make that team feel like they're working yeah. at a startup with that client with that founder, even though they're separated by thousands of miles in some cases. So it's our job to make sure that all of that runs smoothly and beautifully and harmoniously. For clients, you know, it's better that way because the performance of the team is better if that's happening. And uh, if you're a founder running a fully remote team, it is better for your product and better for your profitability if your team is all on the same page, working well together, and That's true, respecting that each to be, other,
1: yeah, because like we're in our position in ourselves as a resource company, where we build highly efficient teams that feel comfortable and safe with each other to have this stable long-term relationship with a client. So, yeah.
0: Super. I want to talk a little bit about since you're. A local and you're very active with young people here I want to talk a little bit about the startup culture coming out of Belarus are you connected with that aside from obviously being here but I'm talking more about uh, companies that are founded here and launch into either the local market or the western market
1: as I'm not actually from the startup background uh, I say that there are people who are connected and in our company as well like there is a colleague of mine who is like working with, uh, is closely connected with the LA startups mm-hmm. and he's closely communicated with them. Uh, though I'm not really from the culture and I'm not really like a tech person, so I'm not really connected. Mm-hmm. I guess my
0: question is, um, if someone right here in Minsk came, landed on Parallax website and said, oh, you guys look like you know what you're doing. I want to build a startup team here too. Here's my idea. Would that be a partnership that we would be into? what What would be some of the blockers there? Because um, we don't really mm-hmm. have any clients that are based here.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, I'd say that, yes, that would be like a kind of partnership we're looking for because like building a community in the country that we're located in is actually like one of our values. Mm-hmm. and we support that idea like acting globally, starting locally. Uh, yes, we're looking for startups here, uh, we're trying to connect with them, like somehow in a very friendly manner to just like share expertise or something, and probably if someone would came to us and ask for help, we would most likely give them information or like some maybe support in that point, maybe establish a partnership, but that's all discussionable because like we didn't have an established system for that, yeah. but after a couple of conversation I, I'm sure that we would set up something. The blockers here would be, um, again, as I mentioned, um, not having passion, just seeing a good good community, good environment for a startup, and just wanting to build something, something, don't know what.
0: And the other would just yeah. be that they would probably just want to build their own house, in-house yeah, that's team. that's true. That's true. Because if they're here, mm-hmm. then they have access to the same talent pool,
1: but, um, but they don't have the mm-hmm.
0: experience.
1: That's true. <laughs> we're actually like one of the aims that we're striving for is actually growing a client to that point that he could hire his own in-house team. So that's what your question. Can you,
0: can you explain that a little bit more?
1: We are building a relationship to the point when client is capable of hiring the in-house team. So we are like helping with the idea, with the growth stage, with the development stage, but then after they feel like they've reached the potential with the offshore hired like team, they can hire the house team, and that's going to be okay for us because, like, we understand that they're having a desire of having like twenty-year-old company, and we want to grow.
0: Right, and we have several, several of our long-term partners have their own teams, mm-hmm. and, and we're um, just
1: working with them. Yeah, all
0: right. It seems like an odd dynamic, but I guess it makes sense. Um, once, especially once they either raise a nice series A investment round yeah. or reach a certain level of profitability. Once the ball is rolling, then it makes sense for them to start growing their own office and their own mm-hmm. team around them. Because mm-hmm. honestly, who wants to run a startup alone? Like, It's more fun with people. You get to drink That's whiskey. True.
1: That's true.
0: I'm going to have your colleague Artem on in the future to talk about uh, what he has shared in terms of the automation mm-hmm. processes that you guys are using. So you don't have to talk about that. Yeah. I think we, we're good to wrap it up. Kay. So everybody, Margo, thank you for joining me on episode five of Ship It and Sip It. It was great to talk about relationships, people, all of the support we can give each other in building great startups around the world. Thank so, you for having me. Everyone, have a great Friday. Have a good Friday. Ship it and sip it.
1: And happy Pride Month. Uh
0: huh.
1: Be proud of yourself.